Good morning to each and every one of you. Glad you could join us this morning. Please turn with me in your red hymnals to number 549, and we'll sing the doxology together. Now this is the message that we have heard from his Son and announced to you. God is light, and there is no darkness at all in him. If then we say that we have fellowship with him, yet at the same time live in darkness, we are lying both in our words and in our actions. But if we live in the light, just as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his Son, makes us clean from every sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and there is no truth in us. But if we confess our sins to God, we can trust him, for he does what is right. He will forgive us of our sins and make us clean from all our wrongdoing. If we say that we have not sinned, we make a liar out of God, and his word is not in us. Amen. Please turn with me in your red hymnals to number 457. My hope is built on nothing less.
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have brought us all here this morning to worship you. And Lord, as we come before you with the needs and requests in our lives, we also ask God that you will be here as we worship you with open hearts and open minds. And Lord, as we come before you with our needs, it is with that openness that we come to you. And Lord, you know of our needs even before we ask, but you remind us again and again that we are to pray to you about everything. Lord, we are doing that right now. We think of our needs, the needs of friends and family members, the needs of fellow patients, the needs of staff. Lord, we lift them all up to you. God, we know that in every one of our lives you intervene in a very special and unique way. And Lord, I would just pray that all of us would be able to see your working in our lives and to know that it is there to bring us to a more closer relationship with you and that as we grow in you, God, we understand the things of you better in our lives. And Lord, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 445, more about Jesus I would know.
scripture reading this morning is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, beginning with verse 1. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful for the way that you have brought all of us here this morning to worship you. And God, I would ask that you would help me to be a part of that worship as I present your words and your truth to everyone here. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. How many of you watch the news at any time during this week, right? All of us have in some form or fashion, whether it's been on the television, whether it's been on the internet, whether it has been in the newspaper, all of us have looked at the news sometime during this past week. And there were no doubt many different stories that attracted your interest. I don't know if you have an interest in certain types of stories or if you read just the headlines. But I know some of us read it on a weekly basis. And when you read the news, what do you think about when you read the news? Do you think about, wow, that's an, an awful tragedy about what happened in that situation? Or I understand what that person is going through because I too have experienced the same type of circumstance. Or maybe you even say, you know what? They get what they deserve because of what they were doing and the choices that they were making. I think all of us, when we read the news and we look at it, we try to find answers to many of those questions that are raised when we read about or when we see or hear the different news accounts that we come across during our week. There seems to be a part of us as human beings that we want to look for answers. There needs to be some type of solution or a reason why certain things happen in our life and in the lives of others. In our life, we don't like to have unanswered questions because we, we want everything to be neatly packaged and wrapped. And we don't want to live our lives with any questions. We only want answers. Jesus asked the people that were following him 
about some of the different events that had taken place during that week, or maybe it had been even during in those series of days there that Jesus was there with them. And he talks to them about those news accounts, about those events, and he does ask the people that was following them, why do you think those things happened? Do you think it happened to them because they were wrong in the eyes of God? Do you think those things happened to them because they were sinners? Do you think those things happened to them because they were worse than you because those things didn't happen to you, so therefore you must be a better person? He asked those questions of them. Now, he doesn't give us any answers other than he says this, unless you repent, you too will all perish. Unless you repent, you too will all perish. So he didn't answer the question why these things happened to these people, but he brings up the end result of what happened to their lives. They were all killed. And so he asks this question of you and me today, are you ready for whenever that event might happen to you, to me? Are you ready to meet God? Regardless of what that circumstance might be, you and I, we know that one day we will eventually die. And so Jesus just posed the question, not about asking them whether they were guilty or not that they deserved death, but he asked them the question, are you ready to meet God? Because unless you repent, you too will perish. Now we don't know if those people that had died that Jesus was referring to had repented when they met God, but he poses the question to those that were listening to him. And then he goes on and he gives us the parable about the fig tree. The fig tree that needed a second chance. The fig tree that was not producing fruit even though it should have been producing fruit. And the gardener asked the owner to give him a second chance to allow that fig tree to produce fruit. Within us, how many times have we received second chances? Now, I don't want to see a show of hands, but I would have to raise my hand to say that I have received second chances, probably third chances, probably fourth chances, probably fifth chances, if you get what I'm saying here, that all of us have received a second chance. And God gives us that opportunity to have another chance. Because we will make mistakes. We will fail. Well, we'll need to ask for the forgiveness of sins in our lives. And God tells us that he does give us second chances. Because the gardener in this case is Jesus Christ. Allow me to 
work with this tree some more. Allow me to work with this person some more. Give them the opportunity to change. Because I know that they can produce good fruit in their lives. I know that they can do good things to represent you. I know that they are worth the extra efforts that I am making in their life because they need to have a second chance. I think most of us know what being a fig tree is and being part of the true vine, as we've used that example before in some of our sermons, that many times as God wants us to produce fruit in our lives, we do so because it is a reflection of our walk with God. Somebody was telling me earlier this week that the more that we give grace to each other, the more that we understand God's grace for us. So the more that I extend grace to people that have wronged me, the more I extend forgiveness to others that have wronged me, the more that I understand the grace and the forgiveness that God has given me through his son, Jesus Christ. And how true that is. The more I extend grace to others and forgiveness to others, the more I understand of the grace and forgiveness that God has provided to me through his son, Jesus Christ. So there's a practical application of what we believe in, that God truly wants us to be that fig tree that produces that good fruit, the good fruit that we need to give to others by the example of our lives. And it doesn't mean that we are going to be perfect. We are going to make mistakes. There might be times in our lives when our fig tree, our own lives, are not producing the fruit. We are not showing God's love to others. And we all do that. But we always need to make the attempt to do those things. Now, I must admit there are times when it is difficult for me to extend grace and forgiveness to certain individuals and to certain circumstances that I find myself in. But God has reminded me again and again through his spirit that that's what I need to do. Because when I extend grace and forgiveness in my heart, guess what happens? the walls, the barriers that are there between myself and someone else fall down because I'm willing to extend that grace and that forgiveness. And we've talked about before what forgiveness means, that it doesn't mean that you approve of wrong conduct. It doesn't mean that you excuse the wrong actions of others. But what grace and forgiveness means is that that person 
doesn't owe me anything. That the debt has been paid in full and that I give up any right to get even with that person. And I think when we look at grace and forgiveness in those terms, we are able to do that. And I think many times we get grace and forgiveness mixed up because we think that somehow that if I extend grace and forgiveness that I will be able to forget those things that have been done to me. No. No, you won't. Because those wrongs that have been done to you hurt. And any time that you experience any type of emotional hurt, for you to recover from that, you have to go through a grieving process to allow yourself to grieve, to understand that you have been hurt. But yet we are reminded again and again that we are to extend that grace and that forgiveness. Even when we are hurting in those circumstances. Because it makes us better. So do yourself a favor for you. Be selfish about this. Extend that grace and forgiveness to others. Extend that grace and forgiveness to those that have wronged you. Did you hear what I said? It does not mean that you approve of what they've done to you. It doesn't mean that you give them carte blanche to hurt you again. Uh Uh-uh. But what I am saying is if you want to be that fig tree that produces the fruit spiritually that God wants you to produce, that you need to, to do that in showing grace and forgiveness to others. Because Christ does care about us. He truly is the gardener of our lives. Again and again and again, he gives us an opportunity and a second chance to come back to him. So it is never too late to experience God's forgiveness. It is never too late to experience God's grace. Because God wants us to bear that fruit in our relationship with him. And we need to be watered spiritually. We need to be reminded that each day and each week we need to have times that we set aside for worship. I was reading some things about gardening. I am not a gardener, but I was trying to at least get an understanding of the principle of watering and the principle of, if you will, cleaning up and raking the the mulch and the weeds that are underneath a fig tree. And I came across something very interesting that plants need to be watered, excuse me, at least twice a week depending upon the temperature, depending upon how hot it is, depending upon what kind of stress those plants might be put under. And if those plants are put under more stress, in other words, if the temperature gets higher, if the temperature goes up, then it needs to be watered again. 
If the temperature goes down and it's not under a lot of stress, it does not need to be watered as much. So they suggested a minimal of twice a week that plants need to be watered if the temperature is around 75 degrees. If the temperature is lower, maybe just once a week. If the temperature goes higher and is under a lot of stress, three times a week. And I think in the same way within our own lives, when things are going okay, when things are going in a normal way, maybe we don't need to worship God seven times a week. I'm not, kidding, I'm not saying that you have to do that. But maybe on your own one-on-one -on -one time, you need to set aside time with God on a daily basis, and maybe it's just a quiet moment thinking about God. A quiet moment, maybe reading the scriptures. A quiet moment, just contemplating and letting God know of your needs in prayer and the needs of others. Maybe if you're under a lot of stress, maybe you need to have a little bit more time spending it with God, thinking about the things of God, praying to God, reading the word of God, being involved in a worship type setting. All of us have different needs. But the principle is this, is that we need to be cared for on a regular basis spiritually to keep our relationship with God going the way it should be. That we need to keep our lives going with God on a regular basis if we want to show and demonstrate that fruit of God's grace and forgiveness. Because as we show and demonstrate God's grace and forgiveness to others, then we come to a better understanding of grace and forgiveness for ourselves. So think of it this way. As you are distributing your grace and forgiveness to others, you are reaping a bigger harvest from God as God explains to you and as God shows you through His Spirit the grace and the forgiveness that he has for you. And in doing that, what happens? Well, then you'll have a greater capacity to show grace and forgiveness to others. And then guess what will happen after that? Well, then you'll receive a greater harvest. I'm not being selfish about it. There's a principle here that works in your relationship with God. And I encourage you to to try it, to see what happens, to see as you grow with God that as you experience His grace and forgiveness, your capacity to love others begins to expand. And then you'll be able to see in your own life the blessings that God has given you. That you'll be able to understand in a, in a more intimate way the way that God has extended His forgiveness to you, that you have repented, that you have had a desire to have your relationship with God restored. And because you have done that, you are not afraid of any circumstance or struggle that will be in your life because you know that you are ready to meet God. 
and that God is making the effort every day in your life and in my life to help us overcome those struggles. For us to bear fruit that God wants us to have in our lives. God wants us to show as we walk with him our dependency upon him. A dependency that shows that we have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. A dependency that reveals that we have a practical obedience of the authority of God in our lives. And that authority can come in many different ways. It could come from his word. It could come from people that God has placed over us even though we scratch our head and we ask ourselves, God, why did you put this person over me? But there's many ways that God shows us and demonstrates the practical obedience that he wants us to have. And we do those things because we want to. We obey the things of God and we follow the things of God, not because we have to, but because we want to. And that's one of the signs of us bearing that fruit that God wants us to have. As we do those things to serve and to honor God because we want to, not because we have to. And then we see that as we have that dependence upon God, when we look to him as being the gardener of our spiritual lives, that we see that we need to have contact with God more and more. We desire to look more into his word, to study more. We desire more to have a time of worship. We desire more to have more of a time of prayer with God. Because as we grow in dependence upon God, we do so willingly. And we are not ashamed to ask God whatever we want in our dependency upon him because he tells us to do that. He tells us not to hold back in our needs and requests before him. But we only understand that, I think, sometimes when we allow God to be working in our lives. And that working that takes place through the presence of his spirit is something that wants to enrich our lives, wants to grow our lives, wants to make our lives better in our own relationship with God, but then also in our relationship with each other. Our relationship that we have that shows that we truly do want to glorify God in all things. That we truly do want to please God in all things, and that we truly do want to be that fig tree that got that second, third, fourth, fifth chance, finally got it right, finally was able to understand that a walk with God is not an easy path, but it's one in which we take one step at a time, one day at a time, as we walk with God. That truly is what makes the difference. It's how we respond to the Spirit of God 
in our daily lives because we only have this moment in time in which God has given us life. Because we do not know when that life may end. And as Jesus asked the question of the people that following him, I asked that same question of myself and of you. Have you repented? Have you repented of the things in your life that have separated you from God? Are you willing to repent from those things that have separated you from God? God is giving you a second chance. It might be a third chance. It might be your fourth chance. But that shows and demonstrates how much God loves you because he's willing again and again to give me chances and to give you chances to get right with him. So let us do that. Let us get right with God because we truly want to bear that fruit that he has given us. We truly want to experience that grace and that forgiveness that he has provided to us through the example of his son, Jesus Christ. Let us be that fruit that lasts. Let us be that fruit that gives glory to God. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts in prayer for communion. Our gracious God, we come before you, and Lord, we do want to get it right. And Lord, we understand that you give us so many second chances again and again. Lord, we don't deserve those second chances. And we are so thankful that you provide them to us through the presence of your Spirit in our lives. So Lord, we ask that you forgive us of our sins. And God, as we repent of our sins, we do so willingly, not because we have to, but because we want to. We want to experience that grace and that forgiveness that you have provided to each and every one of us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And so, God, as we take up communion together, we do so as an offering of showing and demonstrating that we want to be that tree that bears the spiritual fruit of you being in our lives. Thank you, God, for forgiving us and loving us and for this time of communion. In Christ's name, amen.
I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Amen.
Let's pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us how each day you want us to bear good fruit. And Lord, we are so thankful that you've sent us your Son, Jesus Christ, so that we truly can receive him, that we can repent of our sins and be united with you. And in doing that, we are ready for anything that might happen. Remind us of that every day. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming.